Hello, my name is Mike Muntel and I'm co-founder and CEO of Linguist and you are listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. This is the App Guy podcast. I'm Paul Kemp. I love this show. It's great because I can get some great guests to speak with you about uh, entrepreneurship, app entrepreneurship in particular. But today I've got a guest who has sold three million, three million devices. And uh, it's attachments uh, associated with the iPhone or Android devices. It's a little bit of a break from the norm because we normally talk about apps, but this is a way to make money from physical devices, physical hardware that's associated with the boom in smartphones. So uh, you will learn how the founder has grown his company to sell this extraordinary large amount of devices. But before I get into the episode, let me just first of all thank my two sponsors who help keep this show on the road. First is TopTel. TopTel is a network of great developers and great designers. In fact, they are the world's best developers and designers. You can get an up to two week risk-free trial by going to toptal.com forward slash pool. toptal.com forward slash pool. And then you can get access to a top developer and a top designer within a matter of days. It's a wonderful service. Do go to toptal.com forward slash Paul. Thank you very much to TopTal for supporting this episode. Also Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube is the world's best when it comes to app store optimization. App store optimization is that technique where you get your apps highlighted within great keywords. Uh, it's a, a wonderful service by Gummy Cube. They've been long running sponsors of this show. Do go to gummycube.com. It's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, GummyCube.com. And thank you very much to GummyCube for continuing to support the show. Now let's get into the episode then with my friend Chris, with my friend Chris Herbert. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we take CEOs, founders, and we try and figure out what makes them successful, what makes them tick, because then we can learn uh, about our own businesses, our own ventures. And it's not just for uh, startup founders who have expertise in running businesses. It's for really anyone who is interested in this whole startup philosophy, this running a business uh, adventures. And it's just, it's great to get into this whole field. So um, today I've got uh, a friend of a previous guest, actually, we had him on, Anthony Martin, the founder of uh, iCracked. He introduced me to Chris Herbert. And Chris is the CEO and co-founder of Track R. Track R is fascinating. Go to trackr.com and you'll find out all about how to find lost items in seconds. Chris, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Th- thanks for coming on. So first of all, your idea, Track R. And uh, I would love to know, uh, first of all, what do you do? What, what does it do? And where did you come up with the idea? So TrackR helps you keep track of all your items um, that you misplace or lose around the house, like keys, wallets, pets, bikes, anything. Um, We had the idea of instead of having to memorize and remember where you put your stuff around the house, is to give that task of memorizing where your items are located to computers so you don't have to. 
So it's this app that you download, and then it connects to these small wireless devices attached to items. And from the app, you can uh, locate um, your uh, missing items in seconds really easily. See, I, I, I'm absolutely in love with the idea already. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'm constantly losing keys. Uh, I mean, I, I seem to remember a few years ago, you know, we only ever walked out with a wallet, um, a, an old-fashioned mobile phone and our keys but now you know i mean we just got so much in our pockets uh mm-hmm. so uh, um yeah so how did you get it off the ground how did you get you've gone you've gone you've got this idea i'd love to know how you actually kick-started the whole thing yeah so it's so we had the idea um christian my co-founder and myself um while we were uh still in uh, college uh, studying at uc santa barbara um, and so we, so we weren't quite sure. We had this idea and, and we had heard about startup businesses a little bit. Um, but, but not, not, not too much. Um, we were both engineering students, um, and just had the idea is, Hey, you go, you graduate, then you go work for a big com- big company because that's, that's what you do. Um, and our class, we were lucky at our school, there's actually a, um, entrepreneurship program um, within the engineering school. And the idea is that teaches um, students a little bit about startups. A, a local VC here, John Greyhouse, um, teaches a class on basic entrepreneurship. And after taking a class, they had a business plan competition. I'm like, well, hey, this could be this could be fun for us to do is, um, you know, we have this idea and you know, let's put it into this uh, kind of business plan. It could be a great way to learn something new. And, hey, we, we might win. Um, turns out we enter into the um, competition and we uh, suffer great defeat, actually. Um, we, we, like, we don't even make it to the finals or semifinals. <laughs> so a total, right. um, <laughs> total loss of the idea. Um, but it, it, we still, even after like losing we were still really really passionate about the idea and we kept on working on it meeting up every week uh, we scheduled just meetings um two times a week just to work together on the idea and start to like build prototypes file patents and um talk to advisors on you know how, how do we build this how do we get this out how can we get this out to market um and so after kind of scrumming through the idea we entered in the business plan competition again my senior year and we took first place um and that gave us a little bit of seed money and then we um and then i think we all uh we put each put in uh like five thousand dollars or so into the business and saying hey let's um let's launch the business um my co-founder he graduated a year earlier and uh, so christian quit his job um and this was 2009, like the bottom of the economy. So very, very stupid thing to do. Um, and we just got and started in a garage and just said, hey, we'll prototype, um, build something to prove the concept works, get the app done, and, um, and figure out how to get con- manufacturing. And then after that, we will go to friends and family and start to pitch them on a little bit of investment and kind of go from there. Um, so the, from an engineering standpoint, we, we were really focused on just building the product. And we kind of, looking back, had an idea of, hey, if we build it, they will come, which 
is a horrendous idea. Um, (laughs) 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 Horrible, horrible understanding of business. But but we, we were able to focus and build this ugly prototype that was like a black box and it worked just with blackberry smartphones at the time um and but worked and we could see the potential of it you could um find uh, you could attach your keys you can find around the house you could press a button on the device that will ring your phone and then you could see on a map where items were located and where you left them uh, well, I mean, first of all, Chris, congratulations. This is a company where you started it from a garage and uh, you've now on your website, I see you've sold 3.5 million devices uh, around the world. And so a truly magnificent event. I'm guessing like when you were in college, you didn't really get any education on uh, running a business. It was just very fortunate that you had this entrepreneurship program. Do you think that's fairly common or is it unique to uh, the college that you went to? I think that it was it was a unique um, part of the college. Um, and I, I hope that more colleges start to open it because it, it's an insanely popular program now. Um, and there's a few other um, companies that have launched out of that um, program um, and have uh, been very successful. Um, but the it, it was initially created just by the university saying, hey, we have all this great technology being created by professors, but we there's no business people to try to do a startup and risk and you know take a risk on it. What if we could pair these and teach our engineering our engineers a little bit about business and see what happens? Um, so, I I think I think you see this at um, Stanford, at Wharton, at MIT, where they start to create a little bit more of that. Um, try to educate their engineers about business as an extracurricular um, classes, and um, it, it works out great. Yeah, Chris, this is fascinating. So, just to summarize what we've learned from you so far, then is that uh, uh, if you're at college, um, there are. Uh, opportunities for uh, following an entrepreneurial journey rather than perhaps going down the traditional uh, route, which is certainly inspirational for many of the listeners, the apps to try listening to this. And the the fact is you can start small. I mean, $5,000 was your initial investment back in 2009. uh, And here you are succeeding with um, selling devices uh, all around the world. Um, How important was it for uh, a good idea. I mean, it sounds like an awesome idea, but I'm guessing how, how much of the success was the idea and how much was execution? I, I think that having a good idea is important. Um, it, it should be something that people want. Um, and and I, I, I think the idea is important, but I think the execution of the idea is far more important. And We've we've seen that in in our journey is where there's been a lot of different um, people that have had the same idea as us along the way. Um, tons and tons and tons of people before us had the same exact idea. Um, what kind of changed is in how we really executed on the idea and really um, diving deeper into the user experience and in talking to a lot of people about the idea and getting their feedback and honing in on um, what, how exactly is the best way to execute on that. Um, you're, you have limited resources as a startup, so 
um, you, you have to really be tight on your execution to actually get success in the market. Yeah, there was something a while ago I remember getting excited on Kickstarter around something called the tile or tile. And um, I, I figured, did you go down the Kickstarter route? I'm guessing not. We did. Um, we, it, Kickstarter wasn't around when we, when we were initially launching. Um, so we, we couldn't have, we didn't have that capability um, to do the Kickstarter route. We, we later on went to Indiegogo um, in, in Kickstarter for doing our, um, for our own uh, crowdfunding launch um, later on in around 2012 uh, for our first product under our own brand, um, Tracker Wallet. But before that, we had to kind of figure out how to just sell, um, produce, and start selling the devices online ourselves. And in the end, we we looked to working with a larger company um, to kind of leverage their distribution network to get it out into the product onto retail shelves. So, so one of the challenges I remember of that product was that uh, it didn't uh, give you the ability to track the keys if they were lost, for example. Um, unless uh, a device with this, the app running in the background happened to walk past it uh, and then it could signal. But, um, but uh, I don't think it had its own uh, uh, radio signal. But, but uh, have there been any technical challenges you've had to overcome to uh, track R to um, sort of make it awesome? I, there's been a lot of different technical challenges in terms of just focusing on, I think, the hardware and mentorization um, having something really small that can easily fit onto your wallet or stick onto underneath a bike seat or fit easily onto um, keys has been a key challenge just because it has to, people want a device that lasts for, has a very, very long battery life. And then also it needs to be very, very small. Um, those, those things don't really match up in terms of um, basic engineering design. So we've had to do a lot of challenge, a lot of work there on the power optimization side. And then also in terms of the app and having an always on monitoring solution that needs to work exactly in when something goes missing or goes wrong is extremely challenging in just creating something that is reliable um, and that you can depend on. So that's been a, another challenge of from a technical aspect. Um, and, and then there's the entire um, side of manufacturing and um, producing something um, halfway around the world um, and, and syncing up with partners to, to do so um, and, and hitting your you know, correct price points and execution and, and having it arrive um, according to specifications and having it work um, it, it is um, difficult. Um, to do it requires a lot of detail <laughs> yeah uh, I, I mean i love the fact that you've uh, tackled all those uh, issues i was just actually thinking about the ethics as well because i can imagine you could slap this on your own kids when they're off to school <laughs> so you could track them maybe um do you have you had any user examples where um, users are using your product beyond the scope of what you initially thought it was for we hear a lot about different stories and how people are using it um, from, you know, for like, you know, geocaching um, to like using it on like um, boating equipment to all these um, like drones, model rockets, um, all this kind of hobbyist things to um, like um, 
people are trying to hack together using it for um, iBeacon, like um, kind of techie hackers and, and hacking up their own solutions off of it. Um, we, we are pretty adamant on not advertising it as a child tracker um, as it, it has the possibility to, to still to fail. And for child tracking, I believe that you have to have something that will work 100% of the time. Um, and so the systems that you, that for example, Boeing has for making airplanes and the quality control systems and the scale and expense of those systems are a different scale than what we do for helping people track keys, um, for $29. Um, it, it's a very different solution for, for that. So we try not, to, so we don't advertise that. And, um, we we're pretty admit when someone says, Hey, I can, I use it for this, the, um, for child tracking, we say, no, uh, it, it's, it won't work, um, to, to that degree. We, we recommend you use a more expensive product that for, for some protecting, yeah. you know, the world's most important asset. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I can imagine actually your product probably would have worked better than half of these uh, uh, airplane trackers that seem to all these uh, missing planes that um, we never find. <laughs> so, They're somewhere out there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if they had a tracker, then uh, we may have found them. But um, so uh, I just wondered then, we have a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, people in the Appster tribe who are uh, working and who inspire to do their own thing. And I wondered, you know, you were there at college, obviously initially thinking you were going to have a career in corporations, get, you know, getting a career somewhere, and you've chosen this route. Has it been the right thing for you to do? Would you recommend it to others listening? Um, it's a diff It's an interesting um, choice. I mean, it has a lot of... Um, it, it, it's I think talking talk to friends who who did choose the the corporate route. I mean, um, they've definitely um, they're definitely better off than me. Um, <laughs> that that's for sure. Uh, right now, um, it, it, they've definitely had a, a lot more free time um, to um, you know getting weekends off, doing vacations, um, all that good stuff. Um, and a lot of things that are good outside of work. Um, but for for me, I, I I've never been really financially motivated, so that that's just never been a factor for me. And I had the kind of thought in college is that you're you're going to work um, eight hours a day, um, you know, five six days a week um, for the rest of your life until you look forward to retire, right? Um, that's a lot of time. And I think you should spend the majority of your life doing something that you love and that you truly like to do. Um, I wanted to have a place where I look forward to going to work every day. Um, and I, I, I think that was really important. And, and so I think that led me to really starting to, wanting to really get interested in starting a company because I'd, I'd done some of those nice um, engineering internships where you're just ridiculously overpaid and, you know, there's like come in whenever you want, free food, all that, all that good stuff. But the, the work was just really unfulfilling. Um, and at, at Tracker, 
I, I try, I promise that every single team member that you will never have a boring day at Tracker. Um, and I fulfill that promise. Every day is exciting. Every day we have new challenges. Every day is very fast paced. Um, and people really enjoy that. Um, and, and I think it's a big part of our success is having people that love their work. People love people who are on the team here at Tracker love Tracker. They rep all the swag. They um, will be working here, you know, in on the weekends, and and they create we create a community around it. I, I think I just think that's really part important part of how I, I look at that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris Herbert. Let me just take a moment to thank my two very important sponsors. They are the ones that sponsor this content. So please do make every effort to listen to these messages. First is TopTal. TopTal is a network of the world's best developers and designers. These are people that have been rigorously vetted before they've even been allowed to join the TopTal network. Now, what sets TopTal apart is the network of quality talent. At the same time, they have the world's best network of the best developers and designers. And TopTal also have a hands-on matching process that helps ensure that you get connected with the best individuals from their network. Once you begin to work with uh, any individual from TopTal, they'll always back you up with a no-risk trial of up to two weeks in length. And this is where you simply have the opportunity to work with an individual developer or a designer as part of your team. And if you should feel that there is something missing or that TopTal aren't really working, uh, then you can just uh, tell them and they will cover the costs of the developer or designer. So it's a wonderful service. You can try it uh, for this two weeks period and I think you will love it. That's why they sponsor this show and that's why I'm happy to uh, talk about them and I now encourage you to go to uh, this link. It's toptal.com forward slash pool. toptal.com forward slash pool. Go and check it out. It's highly worth uh, finding the world's best developers and designers in this one place. Thank you very much to Toptal for supporting this episode. Next is Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube is the world's best when it comes to app store optimization. Now, these guys have been doing it for years and years. They take data from the app stores, not the search data that you can get from Google. They actually take the data from the app stores. And that makes a massive difference because the way we search within app stores is very, very different to the way we search on the web. It, it, in fact, it's totally different. You just think about uh, your search habits and how they differ between the app store and the web. So it's vitally important to have the best position for all your important keywords to find out what those keywords are and to rank highly for them. So when anyone is going into the app store, and I had this recently with a, a chat with the, the founder of a, an app uh, that's related to e-cigarettes and uh, stopping smoking. And he, He's working hard on making sure that he has the right keywords so that when you type in quit smoking, that you do get his app. And that's what App Store optimization can do. It can give you the best keywords and it can ensure that you rank high in the app stores so that when people are searching for your app, they will find you and not the hundreds of other apps that fall down the list. The top one or two are vitally important for every keyword. So go to gummycube.com, gummycube.com and go get some great app store optimization. Thank you very much to Gummy Cube for supporting this episode. And um, now it's time to get back to my chat with Chris Herbert.
Yeah, it's important to me to try to uh, unravel the tr truth out there because there's such misinformation, I feel, uh, about the uh, desire to, to go into a startup to start your own company. And I just wanted to try to get from you, you know, your perspective of uh, the choice that uh, is there for the, the um, you know, potential people that are going into this and that that choice is hard work uh you know giving up a lot of your free time uh being passionate about what you're doing doing something more th than uh, money financially motivated which is what i learned from you so loads of great uh, information what was the biggest um m mistake you made going uh, down your route that you could perhaps uh, recommend we avoid uh, have you got any uh, tips or tricks that um, would help us to avoid making any mistakes you've made in your journey since 2009? Well, I, I think our first mistake um, was that we we didn't focus first on um, sales and in sales and marketing, um, but ma but mainly sales um, is and and we were trying to create you know. Um, really focusing on the product and in the engineering challenges and the parts of the business we were most comfortable with when we should have been really focusing first on sales from the get-go and while building the product trying to sell the product um we learned quickly on um is that sales solves all problems um after about a year of starting out the business um we'd launched and we were getting a few sales um but not nothing to support us and the business wasn't looking good it wasn't looking like it was going to go anywhere um we had dwindling amounts of cash and, um, a bunch of cash was stuck in inventory and um the the website was wasn't fully thought out in terms of a sales channel um and so we were it, you know we asked um advisors and saying hey we think we need to raise money um and in some advisors you know dove right into that that thought path of saying hey yeah let's think about how to pitch this when our we had one advisor here in town um who just told us and guys you're thinking about this the wrong way the answer to all your problems is sales go out there and sell and your problems will be solved. And so we took that to heart and we just started hitting, banging on doors and trying to sell to big corporations and finally one bit. And it solved our problems. We, we immediately had a, a, a you know revenue in. We had a cash balance that was going up on our bank account instead of dwindling. And it, it's weird, but when you have that, the engineering problems become easier as well. Because um, you have more resources and you're able to get connections, you're able to network into smart people. Um, it, it really helps that entire flywheel. So I, I really think that, and I see it again and again, is entrepreneurs. You know, we're we're very passionate about our products and and the and how something looks and the design. But with that, you, you need to really focus first on sales um, and make sure that's part of everything, starting up at least. I love that advice. I really do. And was there a breakout, uh, like some, because normally there's some big 
thing. I think you alluded to a potential client maybe taking on your first big order, but was there a, a significant breakout uh, that uh, transformed your business and did accelerate sales? So there was, we had two, um, we had two points. Um, we were, we're a little bit um, older as a, as a startup company, I guess. Um, the first big point was um, after a year um, is we got, uh, we sold the product to um, Cobra Electronics. Um, they make uh, radar detectors and they, we worked with them and we rebranded the product as the Cobra Tag. And we were able to leverage their entire sales team, manufacturing team, and work with them as a partner to um, get the product out. And it kind of worked for us where we were much more so a tech house and uh, really, um, you know, focused on engineering as a company. And we said, okay, this is this could be our business model where we're going to leverage these great brands. We're going to build products for them and get, the, get it out to market. Um, and, and that worked for a little bit. Um, that worked and got revenue. And we got a few partners, um, AudioVox as well, signed on. And and we were looking, um, we, it was pretty exciting until um, about two years um, after first engaging with them, um, They we realized our position is that they came back to us and said, hey, um, that it, that nice um, you know margin you're making off of each product, uh, we're going to take that down to nothing and we're going to take exclusivity on all your future products and um, we're going to... Um, you know, pay you less. And it basically was um, essentially buying out the entire business for nothing um, and putting us just as, you know, servants uh, to Cobra for life, um, which wouldn't have been good. So uh, we had to walk away and uh, walk away from the contract. Um, also, um, subsequently, uh, walking away from all of our revenue as well for the business. Um, right. So we were, we were pretty screwed um, at that point. Where, and so again, we went back to that idea of sales solves all problems, and Indiegogo um, and, and Kickstarter were starting to get um, get traction at that time. And so we, um, you know, I studied up on marketing, talked to a bunch of people who'd done successful Indiegogo campaigns, hit up resources, and just learned as much as possible, and created uh, the Tracker Wallet um, Indiegogo campaign. And we launched, and we in a month we did like $200,000 in sales um which was amazing for us um the last year's the previous year's entire revenue was like 100,000 and we did doubled last year's revenue in a month so that really got us uh thinking about things differently and realizing hey we we need to be a marketing and sales organization as well as a technology organization Right. And I wondered what the uh, most effective marketing has been for you then. Obviously, the Indiegogo campaign was terrific, um, assuming you did a nice video and it, it really took off. But has there any been any memorable marketing hack, growth hack that you could perhaps share with us? Um, there, There's some specific uh, that we've done a bunch of specific campaigns and have tried a lot and failed a lot um, in campaigns. Um from a general, um, the the one big thing I learned is just the um, the power of you know re reciprocation and um, and kind of going off of um, Seth Godin's um, permission marketing, 
in that theory there um, and applying that permission marketing to, to social. So permission marketing, right, that um, it's you gain permission. And then you once you get permission from someone, you can then email market them and sell them, right? Um, the same thing is with social is, hey, we have this cool product. We want you to share it on Facebook. What what are you going to give to that person in order for, to encourage them to share on Facebook? So we have on our website, anyone can sign up and they enter in their email and then we give them a re- unique referral link where they share on Facebook. And if someone of their friends clicks um, their link, their friend will, when they purchase, will get a free tracker device added to their order. And then the referrer will also get a free tracker device added to their order. So a certain percent will share for that. And the better the offer is, the better the reason is that you're giving them to share, the more shares you're going to get. Um, so I, I like thinking about um, social and, in that way. Um, it, it's much more measurable and mathematical versus, um, hey, let's just create something that will go viral. Um, it, instead, thinking about how can you engineer um, virality. Um, and it, it is possible too. Uh, Chris, I have a, had a wonderful chat with you. I mean, this is a show that primarily focuses on apps, but I think we've learned a huge amount from uh, hardware as well. And the fact that you can produce some really cool uh, gadgets to go alongside your phone uh, that uh, will uh, you know, really solve great problems. So sadly, I never got a chance to say goodbye to Chris. Our call dropped just before the end, but we were wrapping it up. So I said I'd just do this final piece. Thanks to Chris for joining me on this episode of the App Guy podcast. Uh, I do recommend you go to theappguy.co and search for episode 493. And you can then get full show notes, uh, links to uh, Chris, to The Tracker. Um, but if you want to go just straight to Chris's website, it's thetracker.com, thetracker.com. And uh, then you can pick up one of these awesome devices for tracking all of your uh, lost uh, gadgets and lost uh, wallets, phones, and uh, keys. Uh, what a great chat. Wasn't it great? So thanks very much for listening. And I look forward to getting another episode to you shortly. Bye for now. Just finally, uh, one announcement. I am running a wonderful community. It's 700 plus uh, app entrepreneurs, investors. We've had uh, senior journalists come in, uh, writers, bloggers, uh, influencers. And it's on Slack and you can get to it by going to theappguy.co, just registering for free. And then you can join where it says, join my community in the menu. Now, I am seeking some trusted admins for this community. You can put as much or as little effort into it as you like. Um, But if you want to be an admin, you can get some really cool admin tools uh, that will enable you to uh, see the community, split the community up into skill, location, company. You can search for Apple, for example, or Google or uh, product on influencers or uh, bloggers. And you can get uh, access to this community and I am seeking trusted admins. So if you feel like you are up to the challenge and you want to become part of a pretty awesome Slack community, then do get in touch with me. It's paul at theappguy.co, paul at theappguy.co. I'll send you a link to join and you can become a trusted member and an admin of our wonderful community. Thanks very much. And I look forward to getting another episode to you shortly. Bye for now.